Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. How's it going? This is Dave the Drummer, your awesome host. This is Uncle June's Junction, the official podcast for All Japan Worldwide Fan Group. I want to thank you folks for joining us. We have a very special episode in that we have a guest. We have a brand new guest. It is Manuel. He is a, uh, a he is an Italian Pudesu fan, and he is a part of Shields of Wrestling, uh, the website, and he also is the host of what's next which is a podcast that is a part of the shield of wrestling is that right manuel yeah sure that's right and i'm thrilled to be right here on uncle's june junction yes. it's difficult it's difficult to say that you know because i'm italian and that's kind of a harsh words for for us <laughs> saying uncle's june junction right but, you know yeah uh, that's, well the, that's the, really- 
I'm sorry? Yes. No, that's a really great podcast. I've listened to some of the episodes and that was really good. And now I know that uh, that you have also uh, interviewed Francesco Aguirre, and that's the Italian pride. Uh, and I'm so I'm so glad you you got him. I am too. You know, uh, Akira, he's a he's a nice guy and he is working hard to build his career and what better time to get to know somebody than when they're sort of at the bottom and they're they're starting to work their way up to the top because I mean, if you ask me, he's only going to go to the top if he sticks around. If he stays with it and you know, he seems like he is and so I I can only see a really bright future for him and that's going to lead to all sorts of things because he'd be able to take all that the the matches and the tutelage and the, the experience and take that worldwide you know japan is probably the best place to go get your training done and, and to go get your basics done and to become the pro wrestler that you want to be and then set out on the world and go and do your thing i mean guys guys like benoit you know yeah the, the name has kind of a black stain to it a dark stain if you will a bad stain i should say you know more, more clearly but he had the right idea in that he wanted to go to Japan and go season himself in, in, in deep, immersive learning experience. And that's what he got. And that's what Akira is getting right now. He's getting a really deep experience, a very personal experience, training in the dojo uh, with the, the All Japan rookies and being over there because of the COVID-19 circumstances. But he's, he's making the most of it. And we're really happy to have him. So anyways, uh, me and Emmanuel, we were just talking about the the anniversaries big anniversaries the uh, this month uh the first one is the passing anniversary of one of the greatest all japan uh dojos uh student uh, yeah, graduates wrestlers of all time misuhara misawa <laughs> multiple time triple crown heavyweight champion multiple time uh winner of real world tag league champions carnival world tag team champions multiple times over he's done it all he's been there he's done that and uh around it was i think we said today right today is the the anniversary of the founding of noah right yeah right sure yeah it's pretty crazy to think that uh you know uh it's been 20 years 20 years since noah first started and if you're not a fan of the the, the stuff around that time the shift in the paradigm is is simply huge when this when this first happened when the split first happened excuse me for one second i'm gonna edit this out <laughs> uh when when the when the uh when the the exodus first happened it made such big tidal waves that things happened that a lot of people would not expect we saw tenryu come back to all japan which giant yeah. baba swore on his his life would never happen and we also saw uh we saw All Japan and New Japan begin to co-promote. And that was something that we had not seen in 10, 10 9 years. Uh, it was a long time. You know, we hadn't seen any cooperation between All Japan and New Japan. All of a sudden, now we've got All Japan and New Japan working together, doing some stuff together. And, I mean, that that's that was huge. Huge event. And so, uh Masao passes away on the 13th. Uh, and uh, Noah is created on June 16th. And so those are some really, really, really big points of interest for the Noah slash All Japan wrestling fans, just because that split creates this whole different world of All Japan. You know, you have a, a huge gap with 
almost 80%, almost, I'd even say it's like 90% of the roster of All Japan, the Gaijins, mostly included, take off to go form Noah. They have their first cards at uh, Differ Ariaki and a couple weeks later, and the rest is history. And Noah, you know, right now is, a lot of people are talking about Noah, and you know, they just got a couple of big guns from Wrestle 1. You got your Kaz Hayashi. Yeah. They got their Manabu Soya. They got Seiki Yoshioka. Daichi Naba. What was that? Also Daichi Naba. Yeah, it was uh, was right here, right there, challenging challenging uh, Kaito Kiyomiya at the at the show. So I think that that he he went there. Right. Yeah, uh, and uh, um, you know it's it's a big 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 event um, for Noah because Noah is starting to rein in all these guys who used to work for Wrestle One, but they they are part of the All Japan lineage too. And so it's interesting to see Noah getting former All Japan guys again. You know, it's it's a very interesting dynamic. Although only um, Kaz and Soya are technically All Japan guys. Yoshioka, I don't think, made it past the dojo. Because Yoshioka used to wrestle for, I want to say, Wrestlegate? He, he used to be under a mask. He had a, a different gimmick and everything. And he announced that he was going to join the All Japan Dojo. He joins the All Japan Dojo and he starts working some stuff. Don't think he was under the mask at that point. But he ditches the mask. And when it goes to, when they all leave to Wrestle 1 is when Yoshioka really, his stock rises because he's he's no longer an independent guy that is trying to eke his way up the ladder he he is a part of the, the roster and so there's you know he has he has he has to prove something but at the same time the strain of having to demonstrate that you're a, not just an indie guy but you're a good wrestler it's got to be you know immense and that you're trying to get a regular job and regular jobs in pro wrestling in any country has got to be pretty difficult and so yeah we, we had those two big events happen um, since our last taping and we also uh, we're talking with Manuel about what's going on in June for for all Japan so uh, we, we saw that there's a card announced for the 19th right yeah but there's no matches listed and so I'm kind of curious as to what's what's gonna happen you got you do you have any guesses on what what you would what do you think we're gonna be seeing on the 19th match wise you want to take a, a yeah, shot in the dark that's weird because you know in the 25th we have uh, we have a number one contender title match so that's kind of that's kind of weird that in 19 we don't have a match and I don't really know I can do a, a, a prediction because you know you don't have you don't have any match in the card and it, to me it would be too difficult so <laughs> so I'm just uh, right here standing at my home expecting a b card for for that event yeah for the 19th yeah definitely you know uh, uh my uh our, our one of our listeners uh one of the uh the folks in the all japan worldwide fan group is, is a big fan uh murray and he has constantly talked to me about this like the the 19th like where where is the card how come the card hasn't been announced and so, um, you know, it, it, it sucks because usually they don't play their, their cards so close to the chest. But I suppose in this instance, they're kind of, you know, doing that. And so we kind of just have to take a watch and wait, you know, uh, standpoint. And so uh, why, why don't we talk about uh, what's been going on since our, our last recording uh, event-wise? Um, well, so far, there's only been uh, the 
match the uh, the special what was it called? It's they've got a, okay, Menzore Bakai Chidai <laughs> Superhuman Pursuit, and it was a, a a singles match for the Wednesday special. And Menzo Black Menzore, who has had on a series of matches where he's essentially trying to make the rules where he can win no matter what. He's still lost in this match. He uh, gives a he he gets submitted by uh, Shuji Ishikawa, who is one half of the World Tag Team slash Double Cup Tag Team Champions, and that was on the tenth. And on the seventeenth, we're supposed to be having another Wednesday special. I believe it's going to be the Fight Club, the Fight Club, um, the the Fight Club series of matches, which if we haven't talked to you about. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we did go over the rules last time in our, our last episode or yeah, our last episode, but just to reiterate, all Japan put out a little describing, uh, uh, a little description of some of just what, what is the fight club and, uh, the, with the help of Google translate, this is what it says. It says with the ring of all Japan professional wrestling, young people of the future will eliminate the barriers of groups collide with each other's body and work hard to improve the young frontiers of the industry. As a result, it aims to revitalize the future professional wrestling world. Match format is five minutes, one game. If there is no settlement, overtime is allowed for one minute. Winning players will win. And the next time, they will meet new opponents. If the match is not reached in extra time next time, two completely different players will make a singles match aiming to win. Now, thus far, Hokuto Omori has been successful in winning uh, all of his matches in the Fight Club, and he's turned back challenges from folks that were a part of 2AW, Tetsuya Hanami, awesome re- awesome wrestler, and they just hooked up with Takuro Niki, who is a Wrestle 1 trainee. The next match yeah. is going to be Dan Tamura. Dan Tamura is going to take on Hokuto Omori. Now, let me ask you, Manuel, what do you think of Dan Tamura? I think that he's good, you know, because I saw the, the documentary on uh, the oh, the Old Japan TV and uh, he was like there with uh, with Francesco, with Yusuke Okada, with uh, with Okuto Mori and uh, he he trained uh, trained very hard so I'm kind of expect some not big things but you know medium things for him in the, in the future because I think that he trains a lot and he may be in the future really good. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be something special as well. You know, I've been keeping my eye on him, and he's got a lot of spirit. He's got a lot of fire in him. And so I think if they can get him more experience, if it's possible, maybe get him a learning excursion to Canada or Mexico, somewhere that's going to do some real good for him, I think he's going to be one of the top guys of all Japan in the years to come. Now, let me ask your uh, opinion. What do you think of Hokuto Omori? In terms of uh, does he does he show a lot of progress compared to because excuse me um, Atsuki and Don Tamoda started about two months after Omori did and yeah. so when you when you see those when you see those three wrestle do you see a uh, a difference like a marked difference between Omori and then like split between Omori and then uh, Tamoda and Atsuki, who are uh, the, the contemporaries. Like, do, do you see, like, a, a, a like he's he's a bit more progressed than the others? 
Yeah, I think that Okuto Mori is uh, is uh, really talented and uh, like in the movements he's so smooth and it's a thing that Dan Tamura doesn't have. So I think that uh, in in movements uh, Okuto Mori is surely surely better than than Dan. But in the future, you know, with training, with mm, any type of stuff, with uh, with the, with the type of eating, you know, because that uh, that comes to uh, the the things uh, may will may be different. But uh, ready right now, I think that uh, Omori is slightly better. Yeah, I I also think that uh, he he switched out of his trunks. Like he started, he was in silver trunks, and now he's got black trunks with writing on them. And he just recently a couple of days back he just challenged for his very first title if i'm not mistaken he got to challenge for the all japan world junior heavyweight title over in dragon's gate he yeah. got to he wrestled in a three-way dance with uh yosuke santa maria and also got to wrestle obviously suzumu yokozuka who is the defending champion what is of noteworthiness is that um, omori managed to pin Santa Maria and Santa Maria has been around a couple more years than Omori. So, I mean, it's, it's a, a big win over a veteran. It doesn't matter if it's a veteran of your own promotion, but I mean, you know, it's a, a big win for him. Now, Omori would go down. He would lose his, his title shot. But the fact of the matter is, is he definitely showed he could hang. He definitely showed that he could be on a, a championship caliber caliber. If he is to keep working the way he is, and if he keeps up his, you know, every everything is just firing on all cylinders. He 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 could be a world junior heavyweight champion sooner than we know, and so that was yeah, that was like, a really big. Because also facing Susumu Yokosuka in Dragon Gate, it's like some really hot stuff. You know, it's a veteran, it's a legend of Dragon Gate, so it's really it, it's really great for for Amari. De- definitely shows that he is um, he's getting on that level where he is facing veterans more than he is facing fellow young guys and that's definitely a good sign I think they have a lot of confidence in Omori and as we saw in the, the dojo video uh, that we're going to talk about in a little bit uh, Omori is right in the thick of things you know he, he works just as hard as the any other of the the rookies any of the anybody else in the promotion he works he works his butt off and so we we're big we're i'd say collectively we're all big fans of omori and we see a big bright future for him and so that is totally awesome so let's go ahead and talk about the the card on the 25th since that since that is confirmed uh, uh for what matches they've got on there so far let's go ahead and talk about that card yeah, so we have uh, in the main event we have the one of the most important match in the in matches in the in the last month. You know, Shotaro Ashino uh, against uh, Yuma Oyagi for the number one contendership. The winner faces uh, Suwama. That's that's really that's really cool because in the last month uh, Shotaro Ashino is getting very very big wins. You know, we saw a match in like. Uh, few weeks, a uh, few weeks ago, with uh, again with Kumarashi, Les Infant Terribles against uh, against Kento and Francesco Aguirre, and was really good. And like he blocked both with the ankle lock. You know, Francesco Francesco came, he blocked him with the ankle lock. Kento came, and then he let Francesco down and blocked Kento. So it's like really good, and all Japan has really big plans for for him. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, most definitely. And it's so nice to hear somebody pronounce the the stable name right because I I know I'm not, but I I never claim to to be very good at, at speaking foreign <laughs> yeah, languages. That's, that's French, and I uh, and we're in Europe, so that's that's kind of French is near to us, so. So we we kind of speak French, let's say that. Right, and, and a, a, a good friend of the show uh, and I have talked countless times about how there are parts of Italy where there are some folks that don't necessarily speak Italian predominantly. They, they speak <laughs> different dialects. And I saw that blew my mind. Like he, we were talking about Dino Bravo and a lot of people don't know this, but Dino Bravo, he's of Italian descent. I, this whole time, I thought he was French Canadian through and through. And he is French Canadian, but he's French Canadian. Uh, uh, he's like a, a Italian. You know, he's a Italian French Canadian sort of deal. But I, I had no idea, and that that totally blew my mind. You know. Yeah, but I'm right here near Rome. You know, so in Rome they talk uh, all. Rome stuff, you know, they have a specific dialect, and so they talk about that. They don't even talk Italian, so it, it's kind of strange. Yeah, I mean that that sounds a bit like uh, um, that sounds a bit like America, where you have you know uh, different different parts of the country where they they do speak English, but the English is, is like a marked di difference. You know, if you go to the south, they use a lot more. Uh, they they have a lot the there's a I would say that the the metaphors things of that nature they're they're much different and the, sometimes you got draws where people can't understand what the heck they're saying like a, a like a Cajuns right we have Cajuns over in uh, like Louisiana and Mississippi and, and Alabama around that Gulf Coast area and there's some that they their English is just like a, they're they're speaking English. But the it, it's it's so thick that you're just like man I, I I can't unpack everything, you know. Um, but that that's you know you you got a country that's a melding pot, you know. And that's that's what's gonna happen. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about the the card on the 25th. So we we talked about the main event, right? Yuma versus Ashino, and yes, it is a huge match. It's got huge ramifications. The the winner of this match will go and face Suwama in the title crown. I'm sorry, the triple crown title match. And that's whoever we're gonna get. It's gonna be a damn good match because Aoyagi can pull out matches really well with anybody. And Ashino has definitely shown that he can hang with all the All Japan guys, and he's shown that he belongs with them. And so that's gonna be something to look at. But uh, we do have uh, some other matches that they've kind of been working on a bit. And, and the first in the opener, we're gonna see Koji Iwamoto and Hikaru Sato. They're going to team up even though they're on uh, different teams. Uh, Iwamoto is obviously with Jin and Hikaru Sato is with Evolution. They, after the last event, they, I'm sorry, the, the event before last, um, they, you, they, they united. They, they got back, they got together backstage and they did a photo op and they agreed they were going to start working together. At the same time as Black Menzode and Yusuke Kodama, that freaky pair, they're uh, they're all going to take off. They're they're going to go up against each other in a tag match, and I'm actually really looking forward to this because all four of these guys can really work. And Black Menzode, he's so good at getting things over that people kind of forget that he could be a really good serious wrestler. I I thought that the All Asian Tag Title match that they had earlier this year with him teaming with Omori was uh, fantastic it definitely showed that 
Black Benzo Day can still reel folks in with his wrestling, uh, not just the the gimmick with all that sha stuff. I mean, you know it, that that you know that, that he got that over. Congratulations to him. You know he's definitely one of the most over guys on the roster. But at the same time, I, I like him to show that he can still wrestle and he he's very technically sound because he he's a great wrestler. I don't know if you've ever watched his stuff in Osaka Pro when he was Tiger's Mask or when he was in his heel era. He he's dynamite worker, dynamite worker. Um, did, did, have, sure you, have you seen him at all in Osaka Pro before? I seen maybe a few matches, but you know. In all Japan, uh, he has a strange gimmick. Uh, we are all Japan. We are the big, uh, the biggest promotion promotion of wrestling in the world of the planet. And you know, you see this guy with his with his black mask who says strange things. And I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird seeing him with uh, Yosuke uh, Yosuke Kodama Yosuke Okada, sorry, or, or or the other or the other guys. So I don't know. He has a strange gimmick. Well, let me let me go ahead and give you a little bit of uh, background on the the gimmick. So I, I'm mistaken in that I said he was with Osaka Pro. He actually started with, <clears throat> so Okinawa Pro Wrestling was a breakaway group that Super Delphin launched to become a bit more closer to what he pictured Osaka Pro Wrestling becoming. And so Okinawa Pro, everybody had a specialized gimmick. In the promotion, I, I don't think there was more than two or three guys that was working Osaka Pro, or Okinawa Pro that, that you could see their face. Everybody had a mask gimmick. So, his mask gimmick was uh, he was Menzode. And he had a bowl of noodles on his head. That's what it's supposed to be. And yeah. he had a, a bowl of noodles on his head and he was known for like liking alcohol, right? That was sort of his his big thing was that he he's a I think he's associated with the, the alcohol and the, the, the ramen. And uh, there may be a little more context to that, but because I am not Japanese, I, I not fully understand it. But that should be something we could look into in a future episode. Anyways, so that was sort of his gimmick. So when he comes back to all Japan in a new version of the gimmick in terms of uh Menzode returns, but he is black Menzode. So he is the heel, quote unquote, evil version of this gimmick that he had in Okinawa Pro. It's actually the, the he started wrestling in all Japan as uh, Menzode and then took the mask off. And that's when he officially signed with all Japan. But yeah, he, he, it's, a, it's a character that was created in Okinawa Pro and brought over to all Japan. And that's what he's been using ever since. And yeah, it, it is a pretty freaky gimmick. It's very different from anything in the U.S. But uh, in the U.S., a lot of people are adverse to masks. Uh, I was actually just listening to a podcast, and the, the 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 they're talking about the relevancy of masked wrestlers in pro wrestling from like the '60s to about the '90s. And so uh, th- there's not a lot of talk besides uh, Mr. Wrestling. Guys like Mil Mascaras and Dos Caras. The, the Mexican wrestlers were, were coming over and working some dates in America at points. And so that they're, they're the, the, the thing that people remember mass-wise, right? Uh, but then you have like NWA in the early 80s. You've got like the Black Scorpion, the, the, what are the, the, the James Gang. You have people just wearing masks as like a, a, a way of 
circumnavigating, oh, well, you can't wrestle this guy ever again. This guy is completely out of the title match. But the Midnight Rider, who is that same guy under a, a mask, you know. And so um, mask gimmicks in Japan are, are, are perceived very differently, I think, uh, overall in, than in the U.S. You know, in the U.S., people who are under masks, they don't really... I guess, take them very seriously. Because if we stop to think about it, how many times has a major wrestling promotion decided they were going to go all in on, like, a masked wrestler? I mean, what, technically, a cane, right? But, but I mean, I'd say he makes the mask more than the mask makes him, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, Kane, he made sure. that mask work. Like, there's nobody else, I think, that could be as iconic working that mask than him. And so, good, you know, good ups to Kane. There's always an exception to the rule, but besides that, there hasn't been a, a, a wrestling promotion that put a lot of faith into mass wrestlers uh, from like the 80s and 90s, uh, maybe even like the the late 70s. You know, um, the the only real things I could think of them know are like the Patriot, right? The the Patriot, this guy that worked uh, in all Japan, right? As a guy gene, he worked WCW, he worked WWF. He's a pretty solid worker, but uh, nobody really gave him a, a, a shot in the the major. Uh, the major scene, at least not for very long, he actually finds his way to the WWF, and uh, he is involved with a gimmick, or he's involved with uh, DX for like a short time, and that whole program just fizzles out, but that kind of leads back to my point, you know, Vince didn't know what to do with Vader, Vader's, Vader's a masked guy, but I mean, you can pretty much see through his mask, but at the same time, yeah, sure. yeah he, he's like the last major guy in the U.S., besides you know uh kane obviously as we mentioned earlier that is sort of a big deal with masks and so um it would be interesting to see if anybody in this current age with a mask is going to be like as big of a star as say your ligers right your ultimo dragon your great sasuke because to my knowledge there's only about maybe a dozen mass wrestlers in major promotions right now and i'm i'm including noah i'm including all japan i'm including new japan i'm including i'm including bjw zero one there's probably only about like a handful of wrestlers that i mean i don't include dragon gate because dragon gate does have a fair amount of, of mass wrestlers in their promotion uh but mass wrestlers just in general you know uh not really taken very seriously in, in america uh, I, I mean, you as, as as from what I understand, Tiger Mask was really huge in Italy. It, it, do you have you are you uh, familiar with the Tiger Mask uh, anime that was showing way back when, or have you had your your parents talk about it or anything like that? Yeah, sure. That also uh, an opening that was a classic right here. You know, so that that song uh, that we we all know that song, and maybe talk about uh, talk about Mask Wrestler, but. Here in New Japan, we have Dragon Lee, and Dragon Lee is surely one of the most representative wrestlers of, of, uh, of the junior thing, of the junior thing in New Japan. And in the US right now, we also have uh, like Bandido in uh, PWG that he won the, the, the last battle of Los Angeles. So it, it kind of uh, breaks that, uh, that, that law that talks about uh, masked wrestler cannot be that, that good. And, uh, he breaks the law. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, just because uh, a wrestler is masked does not mean that they are not, like, capable of being in the main event. Another one that, that it kind of escaped me was Rey Mysterio. 
and, and Rey Mysterio yeah. has definitely been pushed into the main event, but but he's pushed almost immediately right back out. The, the biggest example I could think of was the fact that he won that, that tournament to win the World Heavyweight Championship, and they couldn't give the guy a day. It's like he won it, and then John Cena beat him for it that night. And I'm pretty sure right after that, he was right back in the mid-card. And so, I mean, I don't I don't know about a, a good amount of you folks that are listening, but to me, Ray could have easily been a, a top tier guy if he was about if he was about the size of Eddie, you know. But Ray has got about uh, three or four four that's like three or four inches below Eddie Benoit, you know, even Dino Dimalenko, you know, he's shorter than them. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, I, I'd say Ray probably would have been uh, an even more successful top top singles guy in the wwe maybe not in wcw but but definitely wwe he would have been on top a, a bit longer i feel and definitely would have been a part of the the main event scene a bit more you know wwe's booking is really weird and it's full of bullshit so the stuff goes goes by itself yeah absolutely we we we're, we're, we're big fans of the Japanese stuff because yeah. the, the WWE, it's just, man, you know, just, uh, just start throwing, throwing all kinds of ideas and let's see what sticks to the wall is pretty much, I think, what they've, they've pretty much been doing for God knows how long. God knows how long. So, anyways, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Manuel, our awesome new friend. This is Uncle June's Junction, the official podcast of All Japan Worldwide Fan Group. Please enjoy the selection of music. We'll be right back. Five, four, three, two, one. Folks, we are back. We are back. We are back. So we are here with our friend Manuel. We are talking about All Japan Pro Wrestling. We're talking about, you know, our, our conversations kind of, you know, <laughs> sign-wide here and there between different promotions. And th- this is good. You know, we, we need these kind of talks, you know, because... Even though we love All Japan, and All Japan is, you know, is wunderbar, uh, you know, there are wrestling promotions outside of All Japan. We have no problem talking about them. As long as the relevancy is f- fairly there with relations to All Japan. And, and sometimes we, we do take a, a side sidestep here and there, but we, we pull it back in. You know, uh, we're, we, we are the anti-WWE in that we completely acknowledge any wrestling promotion outside of All Japan willing to talk about them and their title history, and their lineage, as opposed to that senile old fuck. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were talking about the uh, the event on the 25th, and let's go ahead and finish rounding that out, and then we can talk about this awesome interview that our, our friend, our mutual friend, Francesco Akita, produced himself, and so let's get to the, the rest of the card. So, as we talked about, we talked about the main event, Aoyagi versus Ashino, Triple Crown, contenders match right that's a big one we talked about the opener which is Iwamoto and sato teaming up against black benzore and yusuke kodama the uh second match on that card announced we, sh- we should mention that this is the-, the card that's announced so far so something could change they could add something we're on the 16th of today uh, recording so we got nine days ago anything could change so on the second match we've got evolution and they are going up against well I, I should say what combination of evolution that might help uh it is the combination of suwama shuji ishikawa and yusuke okada the rookie for evolution going up against kinto jiro 
and Francesco Akita. We were just talking about him right now. Now this is a, a I think a very we, we we have matches that display the what what all Japan what the current all Japan product is. And while we do have these other matches on the card, I feel like this match is going to be something special and display just what is the all Japan picture look like right now because all six of these guys even though supposedly Jito is going to be leaving to the US as soon as everything is cleared up and uh, travel between the two countries everything is kind of worked out in that sense but for the time being this you know it's a good thing that Jito is around he's helping out all Japan it's it's good stuff so the six of these guys are going to have I think a fantastic match they might even steal the show just because you've got six of the best workers in the country right now and we're including akira in that because he's he's busting his butt he's working hard and his stuff looks clean yeah. you know he he's 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 in good hands that's very important that if he wants a future he's in good hands with people that are gonna guide him and mold him into something that I'll, I'll, any promotion around the world would look and go i want that guy like i want that guy for six months i want yeah. that guy to be my champion i want that guy to work a program with like my top guy you know, uh, I think he's gonna go for like, it. You know, uh, like and then finally, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He's like so smooth. You know, you know what? It kind of reminds me like the the first Prince David. You know, that topic on Hilo, that sling blade, that double foot stomp. It's like Prince David, and it's really great. Yeah, David is somebody that definitely, when he came onto the scene, he wasn't just wrestling for the sake of building experience. He he was he was he was basically. The way I view Devitt is is that his wrestling wasn't just the kind of wrestling that entertains. You 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 go and you say, okay, what is so special about pro wrestling? You show me, right? Like like it's like a dare. Like you show me why I should watch your wrestling, right? And, and he's he he's a great talented guy. He's a great talented Irish wrestler, and and he's been over. He's worked some dates in the U.S. He's worked some dates. And primarily around uh, uh, the, the, his his native, you know, the the UK. But I know that he definitely got a chance to go and, and do some work outside of the country, and he gets noticed, and he goes over and he starts working with New Japan. He gets over there, and he, he's a fantastic wrestler. But the thing of it is, is that when you're watching him, you just you can't stop watching him, you know. And, and Akira is definitely getting to that he's getting to that area where his wrestling isn't just like man he, he's such a great wrestler he's like i want to show you i want to show you this pro wrestling that you can't take your eyes off of right and the the devit he he did a fantastic job of that he he when he breaks away from ctu when, when ctu falls apart and he's no longer a part of the the group he's got to go out on his own and, and earn that success and he he's the perfect chaser, and I I, can't, I cannot remember what year it is, but there's I think it's 2007 or maybe 2008. He's not only in the the best of the Super Juniors, but he's also part of the Tenkaichi Junior Tournament over in Zero One, and he makes it all the way to the finals in both, and he loses them. But those matches, you just cannot take your eyes off of what he's doing because it's it's not only super quick and you blink and you miss it, but it's just Man, you know, uh, it's super clean. He's not hurting anybody. He's not hurting himself. It's like, you know, it's about as close to a comic book 
or an anime as you get in real life just because these guys are really just going out there and just busting their hump and they're making it look like beautiful working their art being like becoming masters of the craft and we're we're seeing it like live well i wouldn't say live but we're getting to see them become the masters of their craft and so it's it's fantastic stuff it's fantastic stuff yeah There we go. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, um, yes. So that's uh, that does it for the, the card on the 25th. You know, we're looking forward to that. All uh, Most other promotions by now are starting to get their their plans together and they're starting to execute. New Japan has started rolling their shows again. They're starting to do shows again. They were one of the last major holdouts to not run shows. So everybody is beginning to start to run shows. But... Not with crowds. Everybody is trying their best to make sure that before the crowds get back into the mix of things, they want to make sure it's nice and safe and nobody is able to, you know, get in there and recontaminate, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy that they're taking their time. They're taking all the precautions they can before they go out there and they're just, yeah, let's start getting the crowds back in there, you know. I kind of feel like if it was the... If it was over here in the U.S., they wouldn't be so, uh, you know, um, cautious and they wouldn't be so, you know, uh, uh, concerned because we've I don't know if, if you've been hearing, but I've been hearing all these horror stories about what that crazy old senile mofo Vince is doing to his, you know, his employees. And I just read something today. I, I hope to God it's not true, but I'm starting to think it is, is that Vince is like no masks. If you wear a mask on TV, you're getting sent home. So I think that's incredibly tasteless, but what do I know? I'm not a, a rich billionaire who's in my 70s who, you know, but I, I, you know, so I'm really glad that All Japan and New Japan, NOAA, BJW, Dragon's Gate, DDT, they're all taking their time and slowly working the crowds back into the shows. So we were very fortunate enough, myself and Manuel, to talk to Francesco Akira before he went and put out this awesome documentary called this is this is it is it this is the all japan dojo or what what, what is it called yeah this is ajpw dojo like that thing but you know i saw that and francesco was really good you know the the training was was hard and he busts his ass all of the time and like to finish the the training they got like three thousand of squats that's that's crazy. I could never do that, but you know. And then he also studies the language because um, they show you that his style is now Japanese and he's getting real good talking about it. And uh, if you if you go on on his Instagram profile, you can see also that in his in, in his stories. He even watches wrestling, watches great wrestling, uh, that some kind of stories, you know, that Kanto against Magufuji, that Champions Carnival match that was so good, and uh, the Kanto Magufuji with the title in line. So, yeah, he's really great, talented, and he wants to improve himself. himself. And it's, I don't know, he's getting better day by day. So, he's, he's, I'm out of words, I'm speechless talking about him because. He's really good, and he's getting better and better day by day. Yeah, he really is becoming something special. Uh, 
and that's why I mentioned we're you know we're so happy to be able to not only watch him but able to talk with him and basically be exposed to him while he is still kind of growing and learning as a student of the pro wrestling game and as he becomes a master we're going to be able to go back and go man remember when we interviewed him uh, uh a couple of years ago and now he's just like blowing up he's this he's that you know it's 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 going to be a nice time capsule for when he blows up like- you know and, and and it's i think it's only a matter of time you know, before he becomes like a, a real big deal, not just in Japan, but, you know, worldwide, you know, I mean, he's already got Italy and Japan, you know, cheering for him. So, I mean, that's a good start, I'd say. But we're um, the Shield of Wrestling. We have another another podcast, you know, that's called Over the Top Rope. And it's for the Italian professional wrestling. And in, 20, in 2017, he got his first interview. So let's let's say that we we believed in him. Let's say that. Well, you guys backed the right horse because he he got noticed by somebody like Tajiri, who is a super world famous um, pro wrestler. You know, he's gone around, he's he's traveled, he's been to Mexico, he's been to the UK, he's been to. I think he's even he he he's part. He, he's wrestled for Pro Wrestling Malta, which is around Italy, and, and I think he has wrestled in Italy before too. But the point is, is that, you know, you get noticed by Tajiri and Tajiri throws you the invite, says, hey, come and come and wrestle in all Japan, come and train with us. That's that's a huge compliment. Yeah, because in the documentary also Tajiri says he's like very lucky to to get right here in this dojo because right here in Italy, we don't have some great structures to to train yourself. So that's really that's really great for Francisco. And uh like that, I think that is going really, really far in this business. Tajiri mentioned in the interview, uh, well, the documentary, that he did not have a formal place to go and train at. And so he was having to go and find his training just in, in different places all around uh, uh, Japan and then found that you know Mexico was a bit more ideal of a learning environment for him to go, and so he would go and do that. But... Um, Funny thing is, is that he, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe he is a Hamaguchi Dojo guy. Um, and that is very interesting because um, he he's a part of this great lineage that um, a lot of people don't really talk about too much. And that um, the, the Hamaguchi Dojo or the Hamaguchi Gym, right, is uh, some place where... Uh, it's mostly meant for like lifting, right? Uh, uh, like power. Yeah. Uh, uh, Animal Hamaguchi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Animal Hamaguchi is a former pro wrestler. He spent uh, a good chunk of his time in New Japan, All Japan. He also did some work in War. I want to say a little bit of SWS, but I think he was more. He worked a, a little bit more War because he had retired for X amount of years, but then stepped back in, especially when. Choshu was working war, uh, not as a regular guy, but but as a as a as a, a part timer that was around a good amount. So, um, we uh, uh, Tajiri, uh, he starts off in the Hamaguchi Jojo, uh, Hamaguchi Gym, excuse me, and that is pri- primarily where wrestlers go to condition 
and would work out and it's mostly about strength strength training and lifting but a lot of guys also begin to start working pro wrestling stuff they don't even have a ring they have mats they have mats and so guys like Tajiri they're wrestling they're, they're learning wrestling on mats as opposed to a ring and this is in the the, the mid to early 90s and so you got guys like Kojima right and Takawamori Right, who 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 are Hamaguchi Jim, like they they graduate right, and, and there's this huge lineage about it. it it's kind of hard to track down through English sources, but there are Japanese sources where if you translate it, there's like a full list of all the graduates, and and, and we're talking guys from the last twenty thirty years of pro wrestling are are all graduates of this. I, I, I want to say Michiyoshi Ohara is the first one it might be goto i forget which one of the two but you know you got guys like right now like who 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 is a product of the hamaguchi gym right now is what you would ask me and i will tell you shingo takagi okay shingo takagi who wrestled in the 2018 champions carnival and who gave me the match of the year that year right the champions carnival um he is a hamaguchi dojo graduate right Right, Bushi, Shingo Takagi, right, are all graduates of the Hamaguchi Dojo, or the Hamaguchi Gym. So I mean, that there's some pretty good lineage all coming out of there. But Tajiri gets his start from there. Tajiri begins to to learn the inner workings of pro wrestling there. But like you said in the interview, you know, there's no real stable place to go and train, so he has to go to Mexico, and that's probably why he's helping out. Akita is because he's like, you know, yo, you know, I can see a towel. Italy doesn't really have the, the, the facilities to make you like the, the, the best of the best, but Japan does. So maybe you should go over there. And he's he's found a steady home and where he can train and can grow as a pro wrestler. So, you know, that's big ups to him, you know. But the, yeah. the, the, the interview, the, the documentary is very special in that we get a super in-depth look on the life of of a trainee and, and very in-depth because we get to see him making the chanko, right? Which is a yeah. sumo food. We, we <laughs> talked about that last episode. We, well, he, he talked about it. He, he, I let him explain the whole thing with, with chanko and making it the culture behind it. He tells me that he gets to work with Don Tamura with making the chanko and we get to see that in the interview. And so that, that's really awesome that we get to see the culture. And, and as you explained, you know, we get to see how much they, they go through in the training, you know, at the very end, they got to do their thousand squats. Then they got to do the, the sumo squat before they get to, to leave for the rest of the day. And so we're, we're just, we're getting an in-depth look on what it is to be not just a member of the, the dojo training and learning, but him as a person we get to see him as he's learning Japanese, as he's getting acclimated to being in a, a foreign country for a, for a time a bit longer than what he expected, I'm sure. As I mentioned, he, he's making the most of the situation. You know, those people in the dojo are probably like brothers to him now. And so it's, it's good to be around people that you care about and they care about you and you guys are all basically in the trenches together. And so it was really awesome that we got to see not just a perspective of somebody in the dojo, but we got to see about him. You know, he talks a lot about his growth and, and himself and what he what he's had to go through to get to where he's at now. 
in the year or so that he's spent off and on wrestling in Japan. I think he said it was his third tour. And so that's, I mean, that that's pretty good. I, you know, you're asked back three tours from all Japan. I, I would say that's definitely a good sign. And we, sure. you know, we're, we're I mean, I, I was elated when we're getting to see all this stuff that a lot of people either don't don't care to go and learn about or some folks just had to learn visually because they have there have been videos released obviously of what it is to go through the training and to you know experience what it is to be in the dojo we've seen lots of videos of that uh, I'm sorry we, we've seen we've seen videos of it I don't know about a lot but I'm sure there's a lot out there but the point <laughs> is is that we, we we've seen these videos but we've never had them in such detail for non-Japanese speakers, right? And so it was big of Akira, right, Francesco Akira, to make sure that it was something that could more universally be, uh, you know, like people could dig it, you know, because if it, I have a feel, I, I, I feel that if, if it was just in Italian and Japanese, it, it sort of narrows down what, who you're trying to get this across to, but... English is a bit more universal, and so anybody from you know uh, from San Francisco all the way to let's say Papua New Guinea would be able to watch this interview, and a good amount of folks would be able to understand it and really get the most out of it. the The message that Akita is trying to send across with this documentary, and it's it's the first of its kind. You know, there there have been a couple of non-Japanese uh, uh, wrestlers that have come out of the All Japan Dojo. And we were, we're working on trying to, to talk to some of them because as awesome as this is, I, I'm sure a lot of listeners out there would dig it if we get to, to talk to some folks that got to spend time in the, the dojo with the guys like Baba, Suruta, you know, the, the guys that really kind of, um, they created the four pillars you know they created all japan pro wrestling in the 90s which is just this this uh, image of uh like wrestling perfection you know for for a lot of people and so uh it is awesome that we got this so in depth so uh so clear across that we didn't have to just watch the the video and kind of make out what's being said i mean we we get the full brunt of things and, and and at times we even see some of the japanese wrestlers using english to get across over to akita and so that's really good that they're trying really hard to you know get get him to a level of comfort where he can understand them and they can understand him and everybody is working on uh, uh, this great level where there's enough communication between himself and the rest of the guys to where Everything works. Everything flows. And as we've seen in the video, he, he is right in the mix of things. Akita is is definitely right in the, the thick of everything. You know, he's right there. He's doing everything that they're doing. He's eating what they're eating. He's he's living and experiencing the dojo life just like they are. You know, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing if you really think about it, that you have a dojo, that uh, a system that doesn't care so much about uh, race doesn't care so much about color so much as the the spirit and the heart that you have for pro wrestling for for training for becoming the best that you can be and that that to me 
is a, a, a very welcome message. You know, um, yeah, that's a really that's a really beautiful thing. And right now, yeah, getting global, your your product is such an important aspect. So I'm really glad all Japan took this chance and go go there with uh, with Francesco and with with this big documentary because uh, it is important. This is very important. So I'm really glad all uh, Japan uh, made this choice. Yeah, I am too. You know, uh, because if if uh, if it had been anybody else, we don't know if they had gone through this much trouble to produce a English language doc documentary about somebody's life while they're living in Japan abroad during this, uh, you know, the 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 COVID nineteen thing. And, and he's you know, like I said, he's making the most of it. He's training. He's working his butt off. He showed that he's he putting on some muscle. So congrats to him. I, I know that can be difficult for some wrestlers, you know. But uh, if you just keep at it, you keep eating your chanko, you say your prayers, and you eat your vitamins, brother. Everything will go out right. <laughs> yeah, and the documentary also says that has rice coming out of uh, of his eyes over years. So that's uh, that, that's kind of great. Right, yeah, I do remember him talking about just eating just like lots and lots of rice, and um, it's really interesting to hear about what wrestlers go and they start um, eating a whole bunch of so that they can bulk up. You know, um, I, I think it's Umehara, Ume, I forget. There's a New Japan rookie. I forget which one it is in particular right now, but uh, I, I overheard. I, I read something the other day where he's been eating like bunch of eggs ever since the like every day he's eating like a ton of eggs on like a daily basis ever since the the lockdown started and so i'm just like man you know i i forget how many eggs he was having a day but it was it was freaking huge i i, I don't know if it was like 20 eggs i, I think it was somewhere around there but like yeah. damn that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> That does it for the first part of our interview with Manuel. We want to say thank you for him joining us on the show. Uh, as you heard, you can pick out his website, Shields of Wrestling, and we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about the rest of the events that were happening in June and the results. This is Uncle June's Junction. Thank you to our guest, Emmanuel, for joining us. And we are always glad to have brand new guests come over and talk shop with us, talk all Japan with us. Uh, it's a real treat. We've had uh, people from various other different podcasts and co-promoting. And it's awesome. You know, it's a, it's a great way to build positivity in a wrestling community internet wrestling community you know we see so much negativity and toxicity and it's a nice change to see people be able to get along and co-mingle you know with relative ease so let's go ahead and get back on track with what's going on in late june as far as all japan is concerned so when we last left off we were talking about if i'm not mistaken we were talking about one of the the wednesday specials which was that uh you know shuji ishikawa 
he went up against Black Renzo Ray in the first generation superhuman investigation edition style of match, kind of entertainment match to, uh, you know, kind of keep things going in terms of bringing uh, content to all Japan fans and Suji Ishikawa. You know, he submitted Black Menzore in under five minutes, just about under five minutes. Again, Black Menzore trying to get the uh, the upper hand on some of the All Japan wrestlers, and it just never really seems to work. We move on to uh, the very next thing, which was uh, a week later. We had a Wednesday special. We had Hokuto Omori go up against uh, Dan Tamura in a five-minute draw, and they managed to also get into that one minute uh, time limit for the overtime and so we're going to have two new opponents whenever we have a new Wednesday special uh, the fight club happening we have not had one and we are recording this as of uh, I believe it's like late June uh, so uh, we haven't had a new one since then and so uh, we move on to the 19th uh, which was the turning point show and a couple of things of note were the uh, the opener saw uh, Kuma Arashi beat uh, Dan Tamura in little a little over two minutes. Kuma Arashi, a part of Infants Terrible, that are running roughshod over all Japan. They are kicking butt and taking names, and they've been they've been and very successful so far in their arrival in all Japan. The next match saw Black Menzore and Yusuke Kodama that strange union there that strange tag team go up against Okuto Omori and Atsuki Aoyagi you would see Aoyagi take the loss here Menzore gets the pin with the jackknife hold and a little under seven minutes moving on to the next match saw Kento and Francesco Akira one of our good friends of the show he tagged up with Kento in a big win against triple crown champion Suwama and Yusuke Okada who is uh, again he is the rookie he is the young boy for evolution uh, you would see Miyahara get the win with the German suplex hold at 10 minutes a little over 10 minutes uh, getting the win over Okada moving on to the next match we saw Yoshitatsu getting the win over uh Zeus and Aizanagi of Purple Haze. Love that name. Uh, teaming up with Sego Tachibana, who is recently arrived just a couple of weeks ago from Wrestle 1. Yoshitatsu gets the win in a little under 12 minutes with the Yoshitatsu Rhapsody. Getting that tap, <laughs> getting that tap out on Aizanagi. So we move on to the 24th, another Wednesday special. We saw... Black Menzode again try to get the upper hand on somebody uh, does not work out the way he thinks it does. This time he was facing Suwama and he gets dunked on his head like they all do and in about three minutes with the backdrop I mean the backdrop. Suwama has the backdrop in all Japan. You could say Jake has it but I still think Suwama's kind of hits a little harder. So we move on to the turning point show on uh, 628 and uh, some things of note are the two matches that we saw Yoshitatsu and Seigo Tachibana successful again against Purple Haze this time it gets Zeus and Udamaro Yoshitatsu fan it gets the I'm sorry Yoshitatsu gets the tap out with the Yoshitatsu fantasy on Udamaro in a little under nine minutes also we saw Kuma Arashi team up with his Infants Terrible 
teammate Yusuke Okadama. They get a big win over Jin's Jake Lee and Koji Awamoto when Arashi uses the diving senton in a little over 13 minutes. We move on to the big show, which is the show on the 30th, broadcast number 8, still being filmed over at Chiba 2A Square. We saw the Asunaro Cup resume. We saw Dan Tamuda get a, a win over the winless the younger Aoyagi brother, uh, Tamura would get the win with a modified Texas Cloverleaf hold, which would we would be see, we would ah, sorry, which we would begin to start seeing Tamura use more and more as time goes on. But we'll talk about that in the next episode or two. So we also saw Okuto Omori get two points over Rising Hayato, who is from EPW with the German suplex hold in eight and a half minutes just about we move on to the next match zeus and udamaro get a big i would say a much needed win for purple haze they get the win over takao mori and black menzore we see zeus with the jackhammer get the victory over black menzore six and a half minutes 631 we see yoshitatsu and sego tachibana get a big win over Yuma, Aoyagi, and Tajiri, this new team forming up. Um, it's a big win for Yoshitatsu. He's on a roll. He's been tapping out people left and right with uh, this new tag partner, moving away seemingly from that team that he had so long with Kento. Uh, Yoshitatsu actually tapping out Tajiri in this match, surprisingly, I would have thought. Yuma might, you know, he's kind of lingering right now. He might have taken the, the, the loss, but he did not. So the next match we saw Kento... Jiro and Francesco Akira, who are beginning to form this little this little union, this unit team, going up against Evolutions, Yusuke Okada and Hikaru Sato, along with Shuji Ishikawa, the 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 all star team of Miyahara, Jiro and Francesco get the win when Kento uses German suplex hold on Okada in a little under eleven minutes. We saw the junior heavyweight title contendership B. They finally figured out who's going to go and challenge Suzumu Yokosuka, who is uh, of, he's with Dragon Gate. He's been the title holder since the beginning of the year, essentially. And we saw Iwamoto get the win over Kodama a little under 13 minutes with the Koko no Gejetsu, that awesome, beautiful judo throw that he's got. So Koji is going to challenge in the next month for the the junior heavyweight, the world junior heavyweight title, Jake Lee goes and gets a. a uh, I would definitely say a much needed win in the singles column for uh, for himself for Jin. He beats Kuma Arashi with his backdrop suplex at a little under eight and a half minutes. Pretty solid match. I would definitely say I'd go out of my way to watch it. The main event saw Shotaro Ashino, this guy who has been petitioning Suwama for a shot at the Triple Crown and has definitely racked up some wins and has warranted taking a look at Suwama, gives him that shot. Suwama puts him away in a really, really, really fun... I just, you know, if you you if you, if you you know these two guys, you know the kind of match that they're capable of and I feel like they can do better, but I definitely think this was a, a good match and it's something that is just... It's the beginning. This is like the tippy-top you know, where this is the the sorry, this is the this is just the beginning. You know, we're just seeing the beginning of their interactions, and so Suama gets the win with the last ride, and just a hair under twenty eight 
minutes and that closed up that show on the 30th but we also had one more oh no 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 i got that right yep i got that right awesome okay so that is going to do it for the shows for june and again we want to say thank you to manual for joining us we will be back with a new episode that entirely covers all of july we kind of meant to do a little bit of early July in with June, but I kind of felt maybe it was a better idea to just do June. So we're going to cut it off with June. We're going to focus on a whole episode for July, and that's that. So we want to thank you folks for joining us. Again, this is All Japan Worldwide Fan Group's English Commentary. I'm sorry, All Japan Worldwide Fan Group's official podcast, Uncle's June, uh, Uncle June's Junction Thank you for joining us. We will be back with a brand new episode. Until then, take care. God bless. Godspeed. Stay vigilant with being sanitary and social distancing. Wear a mask. Make sure that you're being clean and that you're limiting who you're being around and how much you're going out. But most importantly, be smart. Be educated about this thing. Get out there and, and learn about how easy this thing can you know, really can really get into uh, the, the, the very fibers of the things that make up our society. So until then, until the next episode, Lou Justice. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.